my bean, my bean, and me, an NB podcast for the modern era. Or at least it would be if our non-binary cast member didn't have an upset tummy. Or Kate But we would be remiss. I know it's been a while since you've heard from us. There was this whole thing called a presidential election since we last spoke with you. We did not intend for it to be that way, but since we were so rudely interrupted, as I was saying before, we were so rudely interrupted, the internet goes on. And while on while on the 6th, the results of the Electoral College are going to be ratified by Congress here in the United States, leading to the end of what is probably the golden age of American podcasting that sort of like sort of like coincided with the presidency of Donald Trump. If he was good for anything, he was very good for our industry, and we will miss him for, for that and just about only that. We would be remiss if we did not return to you in 2021 with a pledge to continue to unearth the uh, just the greatest moments of Twitter history. Yes. And 2021 has already given us perhaps some of the great... We have an early contender already for like main character of 2021. <laughs> and he's already no longer a Twitter user. We are... <laughs> We are, this is Torture Shopping Network, the Bean Dad special. Yeah. All right. For those of you who have forgotten who we are, I'm M. Caraglino. And I'm Anna Hallman. Yeah, that's right. I got Anna to say her last name on the air. <laughs> yeah. It's a new yeah, era. New, new year, new us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's been a hot minute, but. Yeah. I feel like being dad, if you're listening to this in the intervening like hours after the, after this post, you'll probably remember being dad. Mm-hmm. But if you're going back, being dad is a curious figure because John Roderick prior to becoming being dad was many, th- was many things. He was a musician. He was a podcaster alongside Another legendary member of the Dirtbag Center, Ken Jennings, <laughs> and he was, uh, and he was by and large a very, uh, seemingly a very interesting and pleasant fellow, by as evidenced by the fact that he did the theme song to "My Brother, My Brother and Me," mm-hmm. a podcast for the uh, soyish gents <laughs> of the modern era. Now. This all kicked off because at 3.12 in the afternoon yesterday, yesterday, we're recording on the 3rd of January, 2021. This is from the 2nd. I feel like there's no other way to lead into this into this thing mm-hmm. than for me to do a dramatic reading of this just like yeah. Sam Pritchard level thread yeah. about about his experience teaching his daughter how to use a can opener for the purpose of consuming baked beans. So again, this is John Roderick, lead singer of the long winters, co-host of omnibus project with Ken Jennings. He's on three podcasts, which even I think is a little much like, I mean, Virgil Texas is a pedophile and he's only on two. (laughs) No, seriously, that's a thing that's been buried. Like, nobody wants to talk about him sexting underage girls, but, like, that's a thing that definitely happened. The thing is, is that the receipts are long buried to time because it was all in the, I believe this was in the pre-Chopovian era. Oh, boy. But, like, again, again, this is Torture Shopping Network. We would be remiss if we did not. But I'm just saying that if you want an idea of what kind of sicko John Roderick is, he is 33% more of a sicko than Virgil, Texas. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. The the epic of Bean Dad. So yesterday, my daughter, nine, was hungry, and I was doing a jigsaw puzzle. So I said over my shoulder, make some baked beans. She said, how? Like all kids do when they want you to do it. So I said, open a can and put it in a pot. I don't know why I'm making him a cis gay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know why I'm making him a cis gay. He's very obviously a very heterosexual man, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that he's being this much of a dipshit about baked beans already. And we're in, like, he's straight up is like, I'm interrupting myself here, but like, he straight up thinks his nine year old daughter is manipulating him. Yeah. Okay. She brought me the can and said, Open it how? With a can opener, I said, oh. incredulous. She brought me the can opener, and we both stared at it. I realized I'd never taught her how to use it. How? Most cans have pull tops. I felt like a dope. What kind of apocalypse father doesn't teach his kids how to use a manual can opener? Anna? Yes? Apocalypse. You heard that right. Apocalypse father. Yeah. Apocalypse father. And I know what you're thinking. He obviously means zombie apocalypse, but quite frankly, he's more of a threads dad. Yeah, he's more he's more of a threads tier dad in that like I am pissing myself considering this, <laughs> and also and also like he's the kind of person that would be the traffic warden in threads and shoot the people trying to loot food. Exactly. So I said, "How do you think this works?" She studied it and applied it to the top of the can, sideways. She struggled for a while and with a big dramatic sigh said, Will you please just open the can? Apocalypse Dad was overjoyed. A teaching moment, capital letters, just dropped in my lap. First of all, he capitalized Apocalypse Dad and he is Apocalypse Dad in the sense that Apocalypse Now was the Apocalypse of Nows. (laughs) He is the Apocalypse of Dads. Veritably. I said, the little device is designed to do one thing. Open cans. Study the parts. Study the can. Figure out what the can opener inventor was thinking when they tried to solve this problem. The can (laughs) opener is also a bottle opener, but I explained that part wasn't relevant. Yeah, really nice head start you gave your daughter there, not trying, getting her not to try to use the bottle opener to open the can. (laughs) All right, so you know how long this took because we've talked about this all day. So (laughs) it's almost unfair to ask you this, but what do you think, I'll phrase it a different way. What do you think would be a reasonable amount of time to allow a nine-year-old to struggle with a can opener before you just like gently show the nine-year-old how to open a can? Like a couple of minutes at most. Would you measure that time in hours? No, I would not. Would you measure it in six hours? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, just for the record here, this is a this is a story that takes place over a six hour period that starts with a child already hungry and ends with that child six hours later still hungry, having just opened a can of beans, which I suppose John just expects her to then heat up on the stove. Yeah. Because if there's one thing your nine year old should be doing, it's like it's like starting a fire and then putting a putting things on it. Anyway. Anyway, here we go. I went back to my jigsaw puzzle. She was next to me, grunting and groaning, trying to get the thing. Don't write about your nine year old groaning and grunting. <laughs> you know, when I saw you know, when I saw only not Anna, hear me out. When you saw Only Nine trending this morning, did you think it was about beans? No, no. I definitely thought it was some pedo shit. Yeah. I was, and once I found out it was about this, I found myself wishing it was pedo shit. (laughs) I can understand, maybe not the right word to use here, but like, I can like... I can like conceptualize like somebody being creepy about an anime character who's only nine but looks like seventeen or whatever. Yeah. And like they're and everyone's just telling them they're the telling OP that she's only nine. I cannot conceptualize being a pedantic asshole about a can for six hours to a nine year old yeah. and posting about it like you think you're the good guy. Yeah. I sh- oh, and the rest of his tweets, the rest of this part of the thread's a gem, because he's like, I should say that spatial orientation, process visualization, and order of operations are not things she intuits. I knew this would be a challenge, but it was a rainy weekend. A rainy weekend. I- Let's hear it for rainy weekend, because that's going to be the 
best excuse for being a shitty father that I've heard in, like, days. I required amusement, and this nine-year-old wasn't paying off the way that Humbert Humbert led me to believe. <laughs> oh. So, like, the ne- so the next best thing was to torture her with by holding food over her head until she figured out how to use a can opener. Notoriously, the hardest kitchen item to use besides, like... Besides, like, you know, anything mechanic, like, seriously electromechanical. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, I don't know. Can openers are fuckers. Those yeah. fucking things never. I have had four different can openers in the six years I've lived on my own. Mm-hmm. None of them have worked right. Oh. They are bullshit. Yeah. Like, and I'm obviously doing it wrong, and I need John Roderick to come daddy dom <laughs> me into using a can opener correctly. But, like, Eventually, she crumpled in a collapsed, sorry, collapsed in a frustrated heap. I said, explain the parts. She said, this little wheel is meant to cut. These gears turn the wheel when you spin the handle. This other wheel looks like a gear, but isn't. She couldn't figure out the clamping step, a key element. Now, at this point, we're talking like probably like 30, 45 minutes of struggle. Mm-hmm. You're, the kid has like almost all of the key all of the mechanics of a can opener put together, except for like clamping with her entire body weight because she's nine. Yeah. At this point, do you not just say you have to press until it fucking pop, pops the can yeah. and then you twerk mm-hmm. and then maybe it worked? No, no, no. <laughs> he said, no, this is what he says instead because he's like. I, I want to say he's autistic, but I feel like that's an insult to my own people. <laughs> but the way he says this is not the way I've ever heard an allistic person talk. <laughs> the tool is made to be pleasing, but it doesn't have any superfluous qualities. Everything that moves does so for a reason. She said, I hate you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm sure she believes that she does. Wow. I'm sure she believes. I hate it. I hate Wow, it. I hate you that. are you are really talking like that about your own girl child, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. You, you weird bastard. You think you can like decide your child? You motherfucker. Yeah. You piece of fucking garb. I'm going to just keep getting like progressively mad for Yeah. Like, Every, you understand everything except how the tool addresses the can. Addresses. She's, that's definitely an appropriate word to use with a nine-year-old who definitely has the same grasp of language as you, mm-hmm. a like 40-something musician who ended your 12-year Twitter career today over this very thread. Yeah. At this point, she said, I don't want baked beans, and marched off. Apocalypse Dad went into full the road mode. The road. Ew, he made it rhyme. I wish he didn't. Sweetheart, neither of us will eat another bite today until we get into this can of beans. She screamed, ah, like Lucy Van Pelt. She read a book for a while. Soon she was back at the can. I would be putting your head in the can, sir, and holding it down until the bubbles stop. <laughs> the top was all dented now. The lip of the can practically serrated from pale, failed attempts. I just push on the fucking lid, you weirdo. Yeah. Finish the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. We studied the tool some more. What is this? The Far Side Cow Tools comic? It's a fucking can opener. You know, don't make your kid reinvent. Don't your don't make your fucking kid Montessori a fucking can opener. Yeah. She really wanted it to be oriented up and down or across the top of the can. The sideways orientation is very counterintuitive. Yeah, because it's a tool that people usually explain to their children the first time that an opportunity arises. Yeah. Okay, and quick question: How did you learn how to use a can opener? My parents showed me. It took like two minutes. Okay. I wasn't so lucky. I never was curious enough to find out. I taught myself how to use a can opener at the age of like 20. 
And it was a very similar experience. Mm. It was a very similar experience to this nine-year-old to where it's just not an intuitive piece of hardware. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing that somebody just has to tell you, okay, look, this part's the blade that goes into the can. You have to pinch it down. I'm like, I've seen people do it a million times. So, like, I had a head start over this kid where I was like, at least I understand how to address the can. (laughs) It's just getting the pressure right and getting it angled correctly so it actually pierces the can instead of, like, chewing through it or, like, fucking up the side of the can or whatever. But, like, this guy's straight up, like, motherfucker, I will starve your fucking ass Mm -hmm. until you open this can, bitch. I will fuck you up. I'm Apocalypse Dad. Yep. That that's the contrivance that I find really strange about all of this is mm-hmm. because he's Apocalypse Dad, but he introduces us to him as the kind of guy that does jigsaw puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> like So like Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's fucking uh, playing with a child's toy. Mm-hmm. Which I would be more sympathetic if, like, he was like playing a video game or like a multiplayer yeah. video game that he couldn't pause. Yeah. Or, like, and I wouldn't be that much more sympathetic. But, Anna, yeah. you've done a jigsaw puzzle before, right? Yes, I have. In the process of doing a jigsaw puzzle, did the puzzle ever like start flashing and go, you may not leave this position until you complete X percent of the puzzle? Can't say as it ever has. Yeah, have you ever like found yourself so engrossed in doing a jigsaw puzzle that you're just unable to break focus for long enough to, I don't know, dump a can of beans into a pot and turn on a burner? Can't say that I have. I'm really convinced that this guy pisses himself and shits himself doing a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> because he just cannot pull himself away from it. Yeah. Like he's just got like a diaper on and he just has a feed bag strapped to his face. So he doesn't have to like full of Doritos or whatever. So that he doesn't have to fucking do anything besides his precious jigsaw puzzle. Like this is like your nine year old daughter is reminding you that both of you need to eat basically. Mm-hmm. And you're so engrossed in toy time that this is how you approach the situation. She was fixated on orienting the tool in a few configurations and couldn't imagine other possibilities. What the fuck? It's a can opener. I compared the can opener to a few other tools. By now we were working on anger management and perseverance too. Uh-huh. She suggested she open the can with a hammer. There were tears. The hallmark of a really good parenting story is halfway through the t- halfway through the thread being like, I made my child cry over baked beans. Yeah. Look, you know, in 2020, like the last like f- good, f- like one of the last free episodes of Trash Future had, I thought, like, the lowest point that a podcast could ever get to about beans, and that they covered a startup that where they were selling shoes made of reconstituted beans that you rented from the company. Wow. Like, I thought that was, like, the low point of, mm-hmm. like, bean discourse. But no, this, I think, blows that out of the water. This, I think, is... Yeah. I told her stories of some of the great cans I'd opened over the years. <laughs> Not... Not her mother's, of course, because I'm sure we're divorced or something. (laughs) She rolled her eyes. We talked about industrial design and what a funny little device the opener is. Yeah, almost like can openers are like universally just pieces of shit. Yeah. And like expecting a nine-year-old to be able to A, like put down enough weight and B, have the like fine motor skills necessary to properly and smoothly operate one is developmentally in a fucking appropriate. Mm-hmm. I showed how I open cans with a buck knife, <laughs> which makes me wonder. This means that he would have probably opened another can at some point. Oh no! Which makes me think, kid. That was your chance. You should have just grabbed whatever the fuck it was he opened with a buck knife. I mean, as long as it wasn't like skull or something. And just ate that. 
I rhapsodized about cold SpaghettiOs straight from the can. Oh, yeah, he's definitely fucking divorced. Yeah. I'm going to go find out right now. I'm going to go punch. Uh, let's see. John Roderick is from the... Da, 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 da. Uh, I'm trying to find like his Roderick currently lives in Seattle with his daughter in 27 okay so there is no mom in the picture here he he has definitely got he has definitely got fucking uh, family court dad energy he is definitely one of those so are we surprised at all? We are not. Yeah, that... Okay. Scald spaghetti goes straight out of the can. That's not a food you admit to eating when you're a successful fucking divorced dad musician who makes divorced dad music for podcasts. <laughs> I make... I made, a, I made the theme song to one of the most beloved podcasts on the internet. I'm going to ruin all the goodwill I've built up by getting, by just like throwing a tantrum because my stupid kid interrupted puzzle time. Yeah. Eventually she had it all figured out. She had the placement of the tool. She could turn the handle and the can would spin. We were down on the floor by this point, but the chunk of puncturing the lid still eluded us. Mm. We'd been at it for six hours on and off. Oh wow, that's even worse. So this, so people have been saying this wrong. Like, okay, so I suppose that means he's been setting. They've been sitting it down and doing something else, and then coming back to the can. But it almost makes it sound like it was six cumulative hours over longer. Yeah, and I'm trying to imagine. Okay, I'd been tempted many times along the way to guide her hand. You know, almost like a parent would. I wanted her to experience the magnificence of the can opener so much I couldn't stand the suspense. And a quick and a quickly favorite kitchen appliance go. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> if there's an appliance to be excited about, it's a fucking knife. Yeah. Which, you know, after reading this story, I'm eyeing my knife block. <laughs> like yeah, it's like the old saying, when I hear the word culture, I reach for my browning. Except, instead of that, it's when I hear the word bean dad, I reach for my knife block. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, neither of us liked baked beans that much. The cupboards are bare, so it seemed like a paltry reward for this word. Oh my god, so the reason this kid is eating baked beans is because your stupid ass couldn't just have groceries brought in or whatever? You fucking... You, you're you a musician. <laughs> you, you're, you're a podcaster. You podcast for a living. It's not like you make no money, sir. Yeah. You can... You could have just called up, like... You could have called up Domino's or whatever and fucking... You're in Seattle. There are ways of getting food. Yeah. Like, it's not... I'm sure that you had, like... I can't imagine you did not have, like, 20, 30 bucks to, like, throw on a mask and make a fucking Aldi run or something. Go to yeah. fucking Trader Joe's and get some fucking, like... Some, like, fucking vaguely racist taco mix that they sell at Trader Joe's yeah. and fucking make that... Instead of just being like, here's the worst kind of bean, kiddo. Have fun. Yeah. I'd forgotten how finicky the tool really is, particularly when it comes to the puncture. No fucking shit, John! No shit. I mean, what have we been saying this whole, like, I don't even know how long we've been on this, but like, Mm -hmm. uh, 24 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, 20 minutes of this has been us going through this, and it's like, what is the one thing we all know about can openers? They suck. Mm-hmm. That's why they make electric can openers. Yeah. Because people don't work. People will spend more money not not to deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. She had it all lined up. But the cutting wheel is a little wobbly by design. And you really have to get on top of it to clamp it down. You know the feeling. You can misfire the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, which is why I wouldn't expect a nine-year-old, unassisted and untutored, to fucking figure the thing out. Mm-hmm. 
finally, she squeezed down on it, and although it was a misfire, a light went off in her head. Many times throughout the day, she yelled at me, My brain is fuzzy. I can't think of anything else to try. Mm-hmm. Almost like she hasn't eaten in six hours since her last, in more than six hours since her previous meal, John. Mm-hmm. Almost like when you're malnourished, you can't think straight, John. Yeah, John. Almost. Almost like, have you ever fucking had low blood sugar, John? Mm. And I'd say, when your brain doesn't work, trust your hands. Mm. That's that's gotten me a long way ever since the divorce. (laughs) I wish he said that, because I would have salvaged this. (laughs) If this was like a lead-up to a masturbation joke, I would almost feel better about this. But no, he's genuine. Oh... All right. Fine. She felt the tool click over the lip of the can. I saw it in her hands. By this point, she developed a little ritual of addressing the tool to the can, starting with it on a vertical axis and rotating it to the horizontal while clapping down in a single motion. A choreography. You are getting way too particular about your nine-year-old opening a can, sir. Yeah. Like, this feels lurid. Mm-hmm. She looked at me expectantly. Excitedly. After six hours of trying, you don't want to express too much hope. I'm sure that's what her mother said. <laughs> Was this another blind alley? Like the one I met her mother in? <laughs> the can had been through hell. Label ripped off. Dented sharpened and burred, a veteran of a thousand psychic wars. She knew, though. Oh, my God. See, this is the point where we're at the latter part of the thread here. And this is the point where it turns from, like, Reddit dad to, like, borderline 4chan dad. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this is, like, like, this reminds me of the comment section on Motherless, a website that none of our listeners should go to. Like, I'm just going to say that. Like, this, rem- like, uh, for those curious, it's the website for when when Pornhub is too normy for you. Yeah. Yeah. She set up again carefully and brought the swing away. That's the brand of can opener, and I looked up this can opener, and it looks like a piece of crap. It's it's a ten dollar can opener, Whoa. so it's like slightly better than nothing, but like still awful. To bear on the can of S and W baked beans with the meticulousness of Roger Moore extracting a detonator from an ICBM in the Spy Who Loved Me. Mm. Oh, that sentence is so tortured. Yeah, you did not write that with the meticulousness of Roger Moore extracting a detonator from an ICBM in The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. You wrote that with all the meticulousness of Sean Connery, but like parody Sean Connery from SNL Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Your mother's a whore, John. <laughs> a soft pop resounded in the room, so different from all the other sounds we'd made. Ew. <laughs> you took a second. Ew. 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 Just the way, just the diction here is so wrong. Somebody really did say that he writes about this like he's Humbert Humbert. Yeah. And they're not wrong. Yeah. Like, this is, like, like this is entirely too sensuous of a description yeah. of a child opening a can. <laughs> she didn't look up. She knew the action. A little baked bean sauce appeared. She savored each twist until the lid, as I hoped it would, rewarded her by standing perfectly at attention, saluting her effort and ingenuity. This is the way that a man writes a hand job, John. This is not the way that a man writes opening a can. (laughs) She was elated and carried it to the kitchen in both hands, where she promptly lit the house on fire on the stone. (laughs) I wish. Yeah. She knew this was a commonplace task and a common tool. You're a common tool. Fuck you, John. (laughs) 
but also that this was serious business. She knows her dad and the stock I put in these things. You should be put in the stocks. (laughs) A more mechanically inclined kid might have figured it out in minutes, but I'm raising a dipshit. (laughs) Fuck! I would have said worse words like I used to say on Twitter, but I'd get canceled now. (laughs) We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. (sighs) She factored the scale, but was rightfully proud. I'm proud of her, too. I know I'm infuriating. That's why I'm a single dad. (laughs) I didn't say that part. You should have. I know this is parenting theater in some ways. I suffer from a lack of perseverance myself. And like all parents through history, I'm trying to correct my own mistakes in the way I educate my child. (laughs) She sees through this because she's already smarter than you. Mm -hmm. The swing away can opener is a little voodoo doll for us now. It will reappear as an allegory many more times in her life. You can be sure. She knows this too, but this is an allegory of triumph. I wish I had more of those for myself. I wish I had more stories like this. The only problem is now she wants to open every fucking can in the house. Because you've taught her that that's the only thing you value. Because you've spent more time on this than you have any other milestone in her young fucking life, John. Bravo. Bra-fucking-vo. So needless to say, the response to this was less than favorable on Twitter. Like, Mm -hmm. I not only agree with all the people that are like, I agree that this is like, some kind of I agree that this is some kind of fucking uh some kind of child abuse thing. Yeah. Like I don't know how else to say it. Like this is like mm-hmm. this is so sick. Yeah. This is sick shit. Mm-hmm. But like so here's the thing that like is the real big takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. It's like I uh, I'm just sitting here like we he's not the only discourse that happened today. It isn't. If this were a normal day, <laughs> if this were a normal day, today would have been dominated by the story of yet another person trying to say that preference for short girls is rooted in patriarchy and pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Like one of like a million people who've made that point. It wasn't clever, but every time that happens, it's a lot like it's a lot like YA Twitter. T- whenever yeah. they get up an arm about books and shit, yeah. you know that's going to be all we talk about. Yeah, but being dad, being dad, being dad is so like <laughs> he's such a perfect figure for like what twenty twenty has done to people. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I feel like this is, like, I feel like you don't get into a situation where you think this would be entertaining unless you spent the previous year, unless you spent the previous year exhausting all of your other options. Yeah. You don't get to the point where you think this is a story you need to share with other people Mm -hmm. unless you are so bereft of human contact. Mm Mm-hmm. You just that you just lack the like social awareness to be like, okay, maybe this is gonna look bad. Mm-hmm. And speaking of things that look bad, this is from Femboy Zizek. <laughs> we regret to inform you that being dad and being short as misogyny are both anti Semitic. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, uh, this is funny to me because it's like, this is a thread. This is from a thread about like, he's replying to a tweet. That's like Matt's soccer team was called the stormtroopers, but the mothers of other teams made us change it because of the Nazis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the tweet, including the at that's at the beginning of it, because the at at the beginning of it makes it. Mm-hmm. At Bailey J show, Jews ruin everybody's fun. For the uninitiated, 
Bailey J is a pornographic actress who is notable for having, like me, a penis. And this is not his only tweet about Miss Bailey J. Because he he has a history of uh, good old... He has a history of good old uh, chaserism going on here. But I will say this. Mm-hmm. I will say this about uh, about his taste. Mm-hmm. About his, This is his main tweet about Bailey J. Quote, If you're not yet familiar with Bailey J, she's only America's preeminent TS adult film star and nerd slash gamer. Plus, she's hilarious. <laughs> He wrote this in 2012. Oh, I, I have to go find something out here because I know she was not the only mm-hmm. trans porn actress active in 2012. I know this for a fact because Clara Sorrenti also did trans porn in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm just going to, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, <laughs> A friend of the show, Clara Sorrenti, and I, I say that with all the genuineness in my heart. Like trans porn actresses in 2012, not 21, 22. Uh, oh no, not top 25 hottest tea girls in 2021. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, I am. Really, a PDF called Why Become a Pornography Actress? Because it's the only job that still fucking pays this year. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I'm not interested. Oh, great. The Okay, so I'm on the page of, like, the 20... I'm on the page of the Transgender Erotica Awards and hoping for... I wonder if there's like a list of winners on the on the website on their website. Like this is something I've never really dug into despite being a trans woman because it's like the TEA is such a clusterfuck. Winners in oh it only goes back to 2014. Mm-hmm. So like unless these people and this is back when it was called the the and this was the 6th annual Tranny Awards. Oh. This is back when the the best DVD that year was The Tranny Chaser. <laughs> but, like, okay. But, like, there are several people here. Like, there's several names. Like, Venus Lux, Serena Valentina, Kim Bella, Gina Hart, Penny Tyler... Oh my god, they had Lifetime Achievement Awards at the 6th Annual Trannies? Wow. <laughs> oh, Christ. This 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 is not... Okay, I need to go find, like, 2012 Tranny Awards winners. Okay, so... Okay, so actually, the... Uh, Oh, so these are all people that were active in 2012 because the nomination to be nominated, you had to be active in transgender pornography between November 1st, 2011 and the 31st of October, 2012. So I'm going to, so like, there are like, there were like, there were like 20 fucking nominees for best hardcore. Wow. Okay, Bailey J didn't even win Best Internet Personality at the sixth annual Trannies. Wow. So like shut up. Because <laughs> neither did Buck Buck Angel didn't win Best FTM performer either. So like oh. fuck him. Yeah. But yeah, Bailey J wasn't also ran. Mm. Wendy Summers won Best Internet Personality. Yeah. I'm amazed at it's weird looking at this because I don't recognize any of these names because they're all from an era before, like mm-hmm. before, like I recognize some of, like I vaguely recognize some of these, but like these are all other than like Buck Angel mm-hmm. and like some of these names are great, by the way, Fritz von Fuckup. 
But like, this is all in a very like, this is all in a very pre. Oh, Ryder Monroe. All right, I recognize Ryder Monroe. I thought Ryder Monroe was like. Anyway, doesn't matter. Point is, not to get, not trying to get too into like the history of the tranny awards here. But like, hang on, it was who was best internet per? Okay, Bailey J also didn't win best internet personality at the fifth annual trannies either. Wow. Let's see the fourth. Uh, did they have that? Uh, they didn't have that category of the fourth. Anyway, I didn't think this was going to take this term, but finding out that John Roderick was into trans girls was like, there's no way you don't go there. But he's also, as we've established, a weird anti-Semite. Yeah. Here's some other ones, though. He's Atlantius, which uh, kudos for scoring that at, by the way. Mm-hmm. Seriously, though, you can say a band is gay or a haircut is R-worded. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that either. They are just elastic words. The N-word he wrote it out letter for letter, hard R, is just a slur. It's like thank you for being the arbiter of the fact that the N-word is indeed a slur that you did not need to type all the way out yeah. because I can guarantee you in 2011 you knew you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, there's more. These are great. He just at at Noah Gunderson. Fag. At John Roderick. P.S. I love you. And I pretend Nora were written about me, even though it's clearly about some bitch named Nora. Nora Mull <laughs> at Nora Borealis. It's actually about some bitch named Ellen, but I wasn't gonna give her the satisfaction. So it can be about you. Is Ellen his ex-wife? Probably. Yeah. Please don't call human female friends or lovers goddesses. It's disrespectful to actual goddesses, and they can be real bitches about it. Uh, This guy's just got a lot of... Are you familiar with the old Kyle Kalinske tweets account? I'm not sure. Jog my memory. Okay. So, Kyle Kalinske, Secular Talk on YouTube. There's There's a Twitter account that just combs through his old tweets and finds like some real gems. I just want to read some of these because mm-hmm. if you want to have like problematic Twitter, this is how you do it. This is from at old Kyle tweets at Anna Kasparian. I'm going to get so much dick when I'm wealthy. Lol. Mm. N words is pregnant. La 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 la, which is a sequel to his pre to a previous tweet. N-words is hungry, H-O-U-N-G-R-Y. Mm. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Is it Friday yet? Hashtag overworked. Hashtag undersexed. Mm. Listening to Madonna and enjoying it. Hashtag hope that's not gay. Oh, God, this one's a deep dive. This is a good old-fashioned fucking all that reference. Repair, man, 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 man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice throwback. But see, this is how you did Twitter in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's awful, but, like, you don't, you own it, and you don't, like, delete all of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, criminy. All right. Uh Mommy bought the cheap toilet paper. Hashtag tragedy. Hashtag can a brother get a baby wipe? And I'm just sitting there like, that's how, see, that's how you do it. You don't do this weird. Twitter used to be good. <laughs> like Twitter used to be like funny and shit. Now it's all threads like this. <laughs> anyway, this is him reacting to the, uh, this is him reacting to his cancellation. The only problem, this is John. Mm-hmm. We're back to John now. The only problem, wait, hang on. Somehow my story about teaching my daughter how to work out how to use a can opener and overcome her frustration got over onto a version of Twitter where I'm being accused of child abuse. It's astonishing. My kid is fine, everybody. Is she though? The only, is she though? Or is she going to be like, is she going to, is she just going to like, 
have a seat. I don't know. Like, did you fuck up your kid by doing this? I think so. But like, the only thing people are touchier about parenting style is dog ownership. Mm. I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you can't fuck up a dog too bad. Yes, you can. But like, you can unfuck a dog a lot easier than you can unfuck a kid. Yeah. I should have chosen my words far more carefully, but in the context of John Roderick, I have no way of knowing whether that was the correct tone to use or not. Maybe not surprisingly, none of the people who hate my can opener story follow me on Twitter. Gee, I wonder why. Is it because you're a pretentious douchebag? And as far as I can tell, none of the people who follow me hate the story. Maybe it's because you cultivated an audience of pretentious douchebags. Two different worlds. Sometimes sometimes a portal opens up between the worlds and you get a glimpse of the void. Mm. Yeah, that's it. The best. Yeah, that's the experience I had reading your thread, dude. But like, yeah, there's more. The best part about being ratioed by these parenting concern trolls is they keep harping on how depriving my kid of baked beans for six hours is child abuse. Six hours is the length of time between meals. Lunch at noon, dinner at six. They're literally saying child abuse. First of all, your kid was already hungry at the the T minus six hours mark. Mm -hmm. So by the time you got to T zero... Mm -hmm. Then fucking, then your kid had spent six additional hours hungry. It's not that your kid was not hungry and then was hungry at the end of six hours. Mm -hmm. That's normal. This is not fucking normal. Mm -hmm. And finally, his last tweet for all posterity. Somebody had to start the year off with a bang. Shut up, John. Shut up, John. You made, you... John, your thread was so bad that reading the names of transsexual porn stars from the early 2010s was more entertaining and less traumatic for me. And the fact that Stephen Gruby was involved in this, which if you know anything about trans porn, (laughs) Stephen Gruby is a fucking monster. He is like, he is like the quintessence of a porn producer in all the ways that are bad. Like, the story about like, Linda Lovelace having a gun pulled on her mm-hmm. on the set of Behind the Green Door mm-hmm. could have been about Stephen Gruby, except I don't think he knows how to shoot. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's a terrible person who I believe is no longer involved in what has now become known as the Transgender Erotica Awards. Mm-hmm. Because they've, yeah, yeah a, a name that only changed in 2015. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, the great. I'm, I'm so glad that it's no longer the Tranny Awards. I, so they took that from us. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, let me see. Does. Let me see if Bailey J has won anything. She, uh, yeah, she has. I'm sure, but like, I'm sure at some point, but like. Okay, she was only nominated for Best Internet Personality again in 2015. No, 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I, ha, she, like, because see, uh, now we're getting into people I recognize, like Natalie Mars and shit, like, who won Best Solo Model in 2018. Yeah, congratulations, Natalie Mars. I think her politics are terrible, though. Oh, oh wow, Sheery Trap. That's somebody that's fallen off the face of the earth. Hmm. Yeah, I remember when she was on Tumblr. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that goes way back. Uh, Natalie Mars actually won uh, Best Internet Personality that year, too. But is also, other than Bailey J, the only name I recognize on this list, which says a lot. That says about that says a lot about how recently I started paying attention to people. Uh, let's see, this is 2019, so we should get into people I recognize. Okay, here's some people I recognize, like Jessica Fappet. I know somebody needs to. Uh, I'm trying to see if like uh, Boring Kate ever ever got nominated or something. Oh, Mercy West 
Okay, I think it's pushing it to classify Mercy West as best non-TS female performer, mm. considering that, like, Mercy West is, like, aggressively non-binary. Yeah. But, like, that that's the, that's the TEA awards for you. TEA award. Oh my god. Okay, so this is the rec- these are the most recent ones, I think. Ah, oh, Shiri Allwood, formerly Shiri Trap. So there's where she went. She changed her name to something that doesn't suck. I don't know why I'm just going down this rabbit hole, but I think this serves as a palate cleanser after, yeah. after Bean Guy. Because, like, uh... Wow, Lane Arbor was nominated for Best Internet Personality, which if you followed any of the controversy around Lane Arbor and Lane's cousin. Mm. Oh, I'm spilling all the tea tonight. <laughs> oh, there's Claire Tenebrarum. She's one of the nice. She's so nice. A lot of we're getting another night. Uh, Charlotte Sart won Best Non-TS Female Performer, which makes sense because she's actually a woman. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Almost like, yeah, almost, almost like you nominate women for that category or something. Oh, jeez! Wow, there were like seven categories for which there was like one nominee. Wow, that's sad. Like they really, they could only find one kinkiest T girl Dom nominee. And I'm just sitting there. It's like I know the top shortage is bad. I didn't know it was that bad. This is. Oh, man. I'm not cutting any of this, by the way. This is fun. Like, fuck this. We're back. <laughs> so I've got these titles. I'm not reading any of these, because, like, I will spare you. Except there is one that's called Translivania. <laughs> so they spelled it wrong. Uh... Some, some of these just need to, like... Some of these titles are are good and some of these titles need to be workshopped I love the fact that best DVD is still a category because it's, because while the rest of the film industry has moved on to Blu-ray, the primary like physical media for porn is DVDs still because they're so fucking cheap like it's it's so weird. It's all it'd be like going into a it'd be like finding VHS tapes somewhere now. That's how long it's been mm. since like Blu-rays have been around. Yeah. Hang on. Did was Mercy even considered this year? No, that's sad. I mean, they, they maybe they weren't active or something. Anyway, oh, we have nominees for 2021 already. Oh boy. It's going to be held the day before my birthday. Oh, wow. Are we not stoked? Are we not? I, I feel like we're going to need to cover the 13th Transgender Erotica Awards at some point. Because like, this is very important. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody? I'm going to see if anybody good. No Mercy West. Uh, I know I saw Claire Tenebrum. No Bailey J. I think Bailey J is retired now. I don't know. Is Bailey J dead? Bailey J has a podcast, which is oh, so she's not dead. She has a podcast, which is about as I, I'm amazed that she got her start as Line Trap, <laughs> which. For those of us who are not, uh, for those of us who are not at the, uh, we're not well versed in like the history of anime fandom. This is somebody. This is when Bailey J stood in line at an anime convention and flashed people. Oh boy! And was like her tits, but like, but it was like, oh, but I have a. But the joke was like, I have a penis. Oh boy! This is the kind of. Yeah, this is the kind of thing. She oh, she has three podcasts too, which which expl oh, four. So this she's even more of a sicko than Roderick. Holy crap, mm-hmm. that's bad. That's that's some nasty. That's terrible. That's terrible. Bailey J, check yourself into podcaster therapy because if you're doing more than one, 
or like if you're doing one and like you're guesting on another, that's one thing. But like if you're doing four podcasts, you have a problem. You need help. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here, like thinking about like doing four of these, and I don't want to. Yeah. But I'm just sitting here. It's like, oh, by the way, there are some events that have happened since our last episode that I feel like we need to discuss too. They're like somewhat more political. Oh yeah, we've been following the force the vote thing. Uh, I've because it's over now. I've heard words, uh, but oh, so you're aware of Jimmy Dore, correct? Yeah, I'm Jimmy Dore, <laughs> and I think the AOC's a fucking sellout because she didn't want to force the vote against for Medicare for all mm-hmm. by ending up by what you asked by having. Like Kevin McCarthy end up Speaker of the House. But, like, the point is, is that ever since the election, there's been this, like, concerted effort on the part of of mostly Jimmy Dore and Brianna Joy Gray, mm-hmm. who really has sort of let me down on this, by the way. I, I feel weird saying this, but, like, I'm sorry, Bree Bree, you, 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 you do better, sweaty. Yeah. Do better than, like, aging millionaire comedian. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've established on this podcast a million times that Jimmy Dore is a fraud and a huckster and a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the people I feel the least sympathy for in internet media whatsoever. We would not be doing the late, great Michael Brooks any justice if we did not, at every opportunity, strenuously oppose Jimmy Dore thought. Mm-hmm. But the gist of this was that by forcing a vote on the speakership, by like, by holding your vote, like if the if the Congressional Progressive Caucus held their votes for the speakership as like collateral to try to get a floor vote on Medicare for all, that that would not get Medicare for all, mind you, because it would fucking pass because it doesn't have the votes. Mm-hmm. But it would expose all the people who don't support it. Mm. And the thing is that if you're Jimmy Dore. And you're obsessed with optics, mm-hmm. and you're obsessed with like, like media sensations, mm-hmm. and you're mad because Alexandria Ocasio Cortez would not go on your show. Mm-hmm. And if you're Brianna Joy Gray, and you do a podcast with Virgil Texas now that you aren't going to be White House press secretary under Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. clout is like air. And this is all about getting thousands of people talking about Jimmy Dore on Twitter. Yeah. So what I want to say is that there are a lot of people that are sort of like latter-day converts Mm. to hating Jimmy Dore. Mm -hmm. They've come around on this. And there there are still more people that I actually agree with them on this, and I have no hope of reaching them. I've tried. These people are unshakably dumb. Mm. Like These are like people that are politically uncurious, and I think that that's a bigger sin than being politically wrong, is mm-hmm. to just be like, completely incapable of thinking outside of like the bullshit of the parliamentary form, which this is all about. This is about, like, Fundamentally misunderstanding that the speakership vote is just like a formal process of determining who's the leader of the largest party in parliament mm-hmm. or in the, in the house of representatives, I should say like, yeah. like it's, it's purely, a, it's purely the same process as when the Bundestag elects a chancellor. Yeah. It's all, and it's because nobody understands that America has a prime minister. We just call it the wrong thing (laughs) for the same reason we still use feet and inches. Mm -hmm. Because we just will not standardize the rest of the world who would call the thing that Nancy Pelosi is a prime minister. Mm -hmm. Or like first secretary or something if we insist on it. But like, Mm -hmm. she's not in any real way, a legislative speaker, America has not had like a traditional legislative speakership since Henry fucking clay. Mm -hmm. So like, so I'm just sitting here and it's like, Mm -hmm. this makes it sound like it's a situation like what happened in 2017. Like from the Jimmy Dore standpoint, this would only make sense if, 
if this were a situation akin to what happened in the first Jacinda Ardern government in 2017, where the Labour Party was in government but had a minority mm-hmm. and wasn't sure they had enough votes to elect Trevor Mallard as speaker. Mm-hmm. This is not the same thing. There are two parties. One of them is bigger than the other. One of them will pick the speaker and still did, even though several people voted no because they wanted the Twitter people to shut up. Yeah. But like, that's the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like they voted 216 to 209. Five Democrats didn't vote for, didn't vote for her. Like two of them voted for people that weren't running. I think one of them might've voted for Barbara, Barbara Lee or something. Mm-hmm. And three of them, including Barbara Lee voted present. Mm-hmm. So they abstained. So, but she still won by enough of a margin mm-hmm. to like, be speaker yeah to like have like a functioning majority in the house of representatives mm-hmm. but yeah. the idea that this is going to be the idea that this is going to be some sort of like big thing mm. where this is going to be leverage is just baffling to me mm-hmm. because i'm sitting here and thinking and it's like I don't know. Speaking of politicians, you've had a thing going on where it's like you're like members of parliament and members of like the legislative assembly just keep getting on planes for some reason. Yeah. Going to places that are not in Canada. Yeah, they are. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, it's recently come to light that at least. Five or six members of the Legislative Assembly of Alberta went on trips to Hawaii last December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that could not be more on the fucking nose. Yeah. First of all, first of all, of course it's Alberta. I'm yeah. so sorry. I, no, no, I understand. Are they all UCP or are there NDPers that did it too? No, it's all UCP. Of course. Yeah. And, I mean, statistically, like I had a one in three chance of being wrong, but like, I'm I'm glad. Yeah, they're all Tories. Yeah, it's all Tories that just could not put off their vacation to see their dying relatives in Waikiki. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> and like the one of them, I can't remember which one, said that like it was an 18 year tradition of him going to Hawaii. Oh no! Know, so he couldn't break that. And it's like, sir, sir, it's a pandemic. And you've been telling, your government has ostensibly been telling people to stay home, to cancel their trips, to sacrifice everything. Well, I mean, you know, but no, you, you, you have to keep up this arbitrary tradition. Oh, wow. I was like. I was trying to find this story in the most roundabout way possible, and I just found the story about Jim Prentice dying in a plane crash instead. So, yeah. like, I'm doing this the wrong way. So, like, here, I've got Alberta a little... travel scandal. Here. There we go. That should do it. Here, I'll post a link oh, in the. At least eight. At least eight MLAs or staff. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh,. Oh, great. Oh, great. It's made it to the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, goodness. It's it's massive. And, like, first of all, screw you for making me read a post media website. I'm sorry, baby. I have ad block on. Good, good. Fuck fuck post media for not, like, for not immediately kissing your ass (laughs) and apologizing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's not. Well, at least it's not just, at least it's not just Alberta, because mm-hmm. then, oh, oh, wow, there are so many, oh, why did you take a picture, you dumb bastard? Pat Rain. Yeah. yeah. Like, standing there with, like, just the tackiest, like, like weird tribal decoration thing. Yeah. With a holiday wreath on it. Yeah, like, so, um, needless to say, this has been a pretty huge deal here, because, um, well, I don't think I have to explain it. You, you can see why this is a problem. And so, of course, hashtag resign Kenny is trending. Um, my mommy and I went to drop off lays made of 
grocery bags at Casey Maddu's office, and I've got pictures of that. And, like, it's just, a lot of people are calling this Kenny's Sky Palace moment. And do you know what that means? You know what the Sky Palace is? Emmy? Emmy? Emmy returned to her home planet and definitely did not end up disconnecting her microphone and then, like, disappearing for the rest of this episode. So, uh, definitely sorry about that and for this weird ending. Welcome back to Torture Shopping Network, the show where uh, nothing works. Just thought I'd uh, cut in here, let you know that I am not dead. Okay, so a Sky Palace... Okay, so the Sky Palace is a, re- a reference to former Premier Allison Redford, who got into a scandal over the construction of a sky palace. And I'm going to look it up, you know, get the details, more details. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, former Premier Allison Redford planned to build this penthouse called the Sky Palace that... Um, would have been extremely costly to taxpayers, and the rage that ensued from it um, ultimately marked her downfall. And so, like, a lot of people are calling this moment with Jason Kenny, you know, his Sky Palace moment, because it has the potential to have, like, he could lose government over this. He could lose power. Again, you've been listening to Torture Shopping Network. On behalf of myself and Anna Holloman and all of us here, welcome to 2021. And if you thought things were going to become sensible, well, I don't know what to tell you. You're just obviously not paying attention to anything, and that's really your problem. Good night.